Go beyond the superficial. Go beyond the noise. And Hype delivers business knowledge gained from developing and manufacturing hundreds of products, working with high-growth entrepreneurs from all over the world. Focus skills and passion into innovative ideas. Take control. Transform product ideas into business realities. This is And Hype. Transform product ideas into business reality. My name is Callie Keen, and this is End Hype. All right, today I have a very special guest. I'm extremely excited to share somebody that I've had the great fortune to hear speak. I've read his books. Well, I don't want to get into this and really ruin it, but Stephen, you're all over the place. You have a great YouTube channel. You're a contributor for Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur.com, Forbes. I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about you. (laughs) (laughs) But who are you? What's the story of this guy, right? Well, I'm just a guy that didn't think anybody would hire me when I was a young man. So I had to create my own job. And the way I did it was to come up with simple ideas and show those ideas to companies. And if they liked my ideas, they would pay me a royalty for each and every one they sold. I guess my story is about how do you do something that excites you? How do you do something that you wake up Monday morning and you're really like, wow, I want to do this? And how can you design your own life a little bit so you're not doing things you really don't want to do. So I'm a creative guy and I license my creativity to companies. Yeah. And you help a lot of people do the same thing. So my friend Ryan Bricker, he did Whiskey Wedge and Corksicle, and he speaks really highly of you as well. About 20 years ago, I didn't think anybody really cared about this. And I met my partner, Andrew Krauss. I started to explain this process that I was doing to license or rent my ideas to companies. And I realized that most people were struggling. I just started talking about this really simple way to do it. Today, I have a company called InventRight where we have students in over 65 different countries. I'm an educator. We coach people. I've written a thousand articles on this topic for Forward Thinking Entrepreneur, books from McGraw-Hill. Ryan is one of my students that licensed the Whiskey Wedge. That's done extremely well. I'm very proud of him for doing that. So I just want everyone to be able to share their creativity with the world. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love this early story that you have because now we're on video and I see right back there something that's a core memory of mine. I see Teddy Ruxpin back there. I love the story that you tell of this, not because it's a licensing story, but it kind of tees up with why licensing is so great. Like, can you tell me a little bit about cutting your teeth in physical product and manufacturing and just dive in a little bit of that Teddy Ruxpin story? Give us a flavor. Yeah, that really dates me, but thank you. Well, I was 28 years old. I was selling things that I was making at street fairs and county fairs, and everybody thought I was the biggest loser on the planet. I was in Fremont, California, and I read this article about this new talking teddy bear called Teddy Ruxpin. And it was really ugly because it was a prototype. And I have the prototype back there on my shelf too. And it was really ugly. And I realized, wow, I could probably make that look a little cuter. So I just went down and knocked on the door that Monday after reading about this article on Sunday, and they hired me. It was my first job. I'm 28 years old. Everybody's happy. I actually got a paycheck. And that product that I worked on, in fact, spent a lot of time in the Far East, became a major hit. We sold 5 million Teddy Ruxmans. We became one of the largest toy companies in the world. And I guess it launched my career, or really knowledge, into product licensing. Because the inventor of Teddy Ruxpin was making a million dollars in royalties, and he wasn't there on the production line. And I was fascinated with that business model. Yeah. 
this is a common theme in a lot of your stories is you just went there and asked them and then got a job. And it's kind of like that when you talk about licensing your products, it's like, I think people want to make life very difficult because maybe they feel like success is rare. So it has to be difficult, but then you tell the story of like wall ball, right? And I do want to kind of steer the conversation for you to share that because it's such a cool product and a cool story. But I mean, your book is, it says right in the title, simple, but yeah, can you tell I, us a little bit about like, if I have an idea, how do I do that? How do I just make millions of these? Well, I'm a pretty simple guy and I had to come up with a very simple process for someone like me. So I do believe if you show an idea to a company, if they like it, they will pay you. And maybe I'm a little naive, but it worked for me. I didn't know you couldn't do it. I don't overthink things. I just jump in and try it. And I usually fail, (laughs) but it doesn't really bother me. It irritates me, but it doesn't bother me. I come up with simple ideas and show those simple ideas to companies. And now my ideas are a little bit more complex. But the bottom line is this. You have to show something a company wants. And the Michael Jordan wall ball, you had mentioned the wall ball. I love playing basketball. I'm fairly tall. People think I'm short, but I'm fairly tall. And I've been playing basketball my whole life. And I picked up this indoor Nerf basketball game. You've seen it, square backboard. And it had a little logo of Michael Jordan. It was really small and I didn't like it. And I thought Michael should be bigger. So I took a poster, I put it on the backboard and I cut the shape of the backboard in the shape of Michael Jordan because I wanted to play against Michael Jordan in my office. And I loved it so much, I called the company that was selling this indoor Nerf basketball game. It was Ohio Art and said, hey, do you take ideas? And they said, yes. So I sent them this ugly prototype. I called it Hoop Hoop Array, terrible name. And three days later, they sent the contract over. And the Michael Jordan wall ball sold for over 10 years. There was a commercial on TV and it sold in every major retailer. And it probably took 10 minutes to make. But I truly loved it anyway. I didn't care if they took it or not. But they did. So I was hooked that companies need ideas. Yeah, that's such a good story. Everybody's seen that product. So it's immediately registered as, oh, there's a person behind and there's a story behind this product. It makes sense. Even now, a lot of the major toy companies, gaming companies, and for me, the tech companies, they all have calls for open innovation because they get really big. It's hard to keep up and have really great ideas every single day to keep that monster alive. They need people like you and me coming up with ideas and say, hey, here's something new that people want. Let's talk about that for just a minute, because a lot of people are confused. They're like, well, why would they look at your idea when they have designers making their own ideas? You have to realize that designers working for companies are collecting a paycheck and they go home at five o'clock. But people that create really love it. They're very enthusiastic and they're thinking about it all the time. So those companies know now if I open my doors, not only can I have the guys in the back room coming up with ideas, I could have thousands of people coming up with ideas because I know in order for my company to be competitive, I need new ideas. Open innovation is a great business model for companies because they only pay you when they take your idea. So these companies have thousands of us working, coming up with ideas, but when they take it, they do all the work for you. They do the manufacturing, the marketing, distribution, and then they pay you a royalty for each and every one they sell. So open innovation is huge. Thousands, tens of thousands of companies have embraced that concept. Everybody always asks, well, Steve, why don't they just steal your idea? I hear that all the time. (laughs) Well, if they steal your idea, the door closes. In order for to keep those doors open, they want to work with people like us. And they do recognize that a good idea can come from anybody, anywhere in the world. I see ideas get licensed 
from people all around the world now, from one young person, I think was 13 years old that licensed an idea. And you're going to love this. He's 13 years old. And his idea was a whoopee cushion. You know what those are. He made it in the shape of a bookmark. So when you close your book, it had that farting sound. I love it. He's a 13-year-old kid. But he learned the process of licensing, which is basically come up with a great idea, match it to a company that has similar products, show them a one-page advertisement of your idea, but make sure they're an open innovation company, look at their process and get those ideas to them. Yeah, great. After reading your book, I've used variations of this for tech products where if I've had an idea and then gotten provisional patents on it, made a slick sheet and then taken it to people and say, hey, if I made this, would you buy it? And got a lot of no's and then got a lot of yeses and said, hey, can you write me a letter of intent or a let's say a PO, if this works and it exists, yes, we will buy it, but only if you meet these qualifications. So conditional purchase order. And then I've made a thing, a product that I have a patent on. Somebody said, yeah, I'll buy 50 of these if they exist. I'll buy them for this much. I made it, got a patent on it, sold them the 50, which paid for the patent and the manufacturing and the testing. And I've sold thousands of them. So I've sold maybe close to a million dollars worth of that product. Oh, nice. (laughs) And it's like, it's just, it really doesn't have to be that much more complicated. It is a simple product as well, but it's just expensive. Yeah, I was telling everybody, you you don't want to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to. The simplest thing to do is make an improvement on an existing idea. That way there's really no risk. They know there's a market for it. Most likely it can be manufactured. The thing about patents, I file a lot of patents, but most ideas that get licensed, There's no patent today, but some companies do want them. So I do file patents. There's no barriers anymore. You can get to anybody in the world if you're on LinkedIn. If you're listening, please, if you're not connected with me on LinkedIn, please connect. You can get to people on LinkedIn. And if you show them good ideas and if you're polite and professional and if they see something in that idea that their customers would love, that's how it just works. I noticed that when I was selling things on street corners, or working with companies as large as Coca-Cola, it's really all the same. You have to show them something they want. I think it's really an exciting time for all of us creative people, because I know everybody's got a great idea. And if you don't do anything about it, this is what's going to happen. You're going to see it. You're going to see it on the store shelf, or you're going to see it on TV, and you're going to go, why didn't I do anything? I didn't know what to do. And I'm here to tell you, yes, learn what to do. I do have a YouTube channel called InventRight TV. And of course, I write a lot of books and articles about it, but get in the game of creativity. It's so much fun. I am a firm believer that everyone is an inventor and everyone has a million dollar idea. The joke that I tell people is I'm not sure yet if it's a million dollars of money you're going to be getting or a million dollars worth of debt that you're going to be getting. (laughs) Because a lot of people funnel time, money, energy into an idea without validating it. And this is a process that you can really just get out there, do something simple gain a lot of pitch experience, negotiating experience, design experience. You can gain a lot of entrepreneurial experience without mortgaging your house or going down that other path that you hear success, but you don't hear about all the failures of that process. So this is a lower risk process. It's high speed, low risk. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm a no risk entrepreneur and this requires so little risk because you're selling the benefit first. The traditional way I'm going to build a prototype, maybe follow patents, start a company, raise money, do everything, and then see if the market wants it. That's insanity. 
what I'm telling everybody, let's sell the benefit first. And you do that with a one-page sell sheet. At the very top, it's the big benefit. It's the unique selling proposition. Why would someone care? Show a 3D computer-generated rendering. You don't even have to make a prototype now. Put that on there. Your contact, maybe a couple features. And then test it. Send it. See what they say. You know, maybe file a provisional patent application for $75. So for a couple of hundred dollars, you're in the biggest game in the world. Come on, everybody. This is not that hard to do. Just learn how to do it. Have fun and test and test. And that's what I learned when I was early in my day selling things at Street Corners, that I had to learn how to test ideas quickly. Because at the end of the day, if you're really going to be serious about this, you need to find the winners to pay the bills. So it's all about testing quickly, finding the right companies, building relationships, and playing the game of innovation. And when you see your idea on the store shelf or you see someone using it, it's the most amazing feeling. Yeah, I'm hooked. I've been hooked for years and I'm still excited. The point that I want to highlight out of this is the slick sheet. People get really hung up on needing a very fancy, high fidelity prototype to be able to pitch ideas. And so they funnel a lot of money into people like me. So they pitch me and say, hey, you do product development. Hey, why don't you develop this product? Why don't you do this? And I don't work with people like that because I have a manufacturing company. So I want to make sure, I want to make a lot of something to say, okay, well, how have you developed the sales? How have you done this and this? And it comes down to that they want to go out and pitch their product. So they're hung up on the idea that they have to have a prototype. And what I tell them is your partner is going to have infinitely better engineering and manufacturing resources than you anyways. So what you're doing is you're replicating why you want to partner with this company in the first place. They have resources. You don't. They only need your idea. You can't afford to make a prototype good enough to be at that level, and you're just going to spend money. So I love the slip sheet. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because prototypes can be expensive. They do break. And sometimes they don't even help sell because someone maybe doesn't know how to use it. So you have to be very careful. I do love prototypes once there's interest. Maybe you do build one, have someone help you. Maybe they do it for you. You're absolutely right. But It's not if, maybe when type of thing. And sometimes you don't need them at all. But I also want everybody to realize product licensing, renting your idea to a company, there's all different aspects of it. If I'm a company, I might want to license in technology. So that's another part. If I'm a startup and I'm creating a lot of different things, I might license part of that technology I don't want to use to raise funds. If I'm a startup too, and I understand licensing and file intellectual property, and let's say my startup fails, I might be able to sell or license that technology I developed to recoup some of those dollars. So product licensing can be used if you're a solo inventor, if you're a startup, if you want to manufacture. A lot of people manufacture. In fact, I know this one particular gentleman manufactures in Egypt, but then he's licensed his idea around the world. So he does both. I need people to realize you have another option. And product licensing is a great option for all of us to jump in, to have fun, to test ideas, to have those large companies leverage the power they have that maybe we don't have. It's a remarkable time, but most people don't understand product licensing, but it's been around for 200 years. It's not new, but a lot of people just haven't heard about it. This is thematically important because if the audience is listening and you have an e-commerce business and you're doing really well, you probably have more ideas than you can produce or readily and marketably sell. You also have core intellectual property and expertise and knowledge of customers 
that big brands would die to have, to have that really niche expertise in problem solving of what you do. And so you have massive leverage going to that relationship. Steve, I'm really big on partnerships. I teach people how to grow with different types of collaborative products, which are big now, like brand collabs, co-marketing, cross-selling, all the different ways that we can erase that line between different groups, different organizations, whether that's a big company, a small company, a syndicate of small companies, like a nostalgic brand and a tech company. There's so many different ways to play it. And I think about how licensing plays into that role because people are missing, one, it's really fun and it can get lots of attention. So you see fun projects, but they're missing building relationships and partnerships with the types of organizations that can really help them. I'm really glad you mentioned the relationship part and and building partnerships. Licensing is just finding a great partner. That's what it is. And a partner that maybe has some things that you don't have, maybe distribution, maybe manufacturing, maybe just relationships with retailers. Okay. But if you're an idea person, there's no way you're going to build a company around every idea that you have. You need to have another outlet if you're really a creative person. I like what you're talking about because it's very true. I also think that you could do different carve-outs where you can keep this part of your business and license it to somebody else that's got another part because no one does everything. So there's so many different options to product licensing that it's just exciting to see it. And it's kind of wild. You mentioned Ryan with the whiskey wedge. Yeah. He sold a million of those things yeah. last year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if anybody's doing the numbers on that. And I don't know if he shared the numbers on that, but he shared his Corksicle number. He said we sold the millionth Corksicle because he was on the show. And, okay. and yeah, so we're, yeah. we got acquainted through mutual friends. Good. Really great guy. Good example is that's not what he does. He does no. something totally different. He's a landscape architect yes. and he's really good. He's world-class at his job, but he just has these other crazy ideas. Maybe it's not simple, but in terms it is very simple and it's sold extremely well and it's still selling. It's brilliant is what it is. And you're right. His day job is completely different, but he found a way of still being creative, doing other things. Yeah. What are you into right now? I know you're always traveling around. I see you speaking everywhere. You write a lot, but you're the kind of guy, I feel like you're always in motion doing something. Or you have a project that you're really passionate about right now that you want to share? Well, thank you for mentioning that. I just got back. I spoke in Alexandria, Egypt. There was 30,000 entrepreneurs came through and I gave a talk on product licensing. And from there, I was in Thailand talking about product licensing and then Johannesburg. So I've been doing quite a bit of travel. Saudi Arabia was on there too. I think the last month, 50,000 miles. So I love to talk about it. I also love to keep involved in it. So it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually keep doing it. You have to, if you're really good at something, you just don't stop because you're always learning. So I'm involved in packaging. I like packaging. It's something that the numbers are huge because most of packaging is consumables. From a royalty standpoint, the numbers can be staggering. So I love to play in that field. But I'm involved now with a project called Fishbone. You can go to fishbone.com and you're going to see this new 100% curbside recyclable packaging that eliminates the plastic rings that are just terrible on those beverages that are floating around everywhere. So I'm still involved working with large companies around the world on that packaging innovation. I get to have fun talking about it, educating people about it, helping others, 
but also seeing things that I'm involved come to market as well. That's fantastic. Stephen, I have one canned question that I like to ask everyone, and this might throw you through a loop. So my brand is end hype. I've trademarked for it and everything. It's legit. But it's kind of a weird phrase. So when you hear the phrase end hype, what does that mean to you? You know, it's interesting because when I first saw it, I didn't understand it, but very quickly I got it. There's a lot of noise and hype and information out there that's just not accurate or not current. When I first saw that, I said, yeah, let's end the hype. Let's give people really good information to take action, to see results, and stop listening to some of that noise out there, especially the hype that you're hearing, and get down to business and make things happen. That's how I interpret it. That's fantastic. And I appreciate you coming on the show to support my mission of, yeah, event hype, right? You're the man, you're the expert, because people ask me questions, and this is my brand promise. This is my promise to everyone. If you have a question that, if answered, will change your life and change your business, I'll answer it. If I can't answer it at a world-class expert level, I'll reach out to my network and bring on an expert to answer that question. I'm not an expert in licensing. You are the man, so I appreciate you sharing with my audience if they want to follow more about what you're doing, where's the best place to find you? There's a couple of places. Like I said earlier, I'd go to LinkedIn, make sure you link up with me and my 19,000 friends are your friends now, which I really love that platform. We do a lot of posting on articles. We shine the light on other successful people. That's a great platform. But if you really want to know and learn about product licensing, I would go to our YouTube channel, TV. We have over 64,000 subscribers, 900 plus videos, if you can believe that. That's where you can learn everything about product licensing. And of course, I write for Forbes on intellectual property strategy from a business perspective, which you're not going to hear from anybody else, and Inc. and Entrepreneur as well. So you can find me. But if you like it and you want more, watch our YouTube channel. It's like potato chips. Once you have one, you got to watch another one. Yeah, I'll make sure that the link is in the description there because you have a lot of great interviews with success stories and people sharing their process and how they followed and how they got to market. A lot of neat products too. So great information. Yeah. You have 64,000 subscribers, but I feel like in the business world on YouTube, still a hidden gem (laughs) there. Well, (laughs) thank you for saying that. I think we are too. We are growing. We've been doing it for a few years now and it's a great platform and we really enjoy it. We do bring on different speakers And I love something that you said to me just a minute ago about experience. You really know you're good at something when you know that if you don't know about a topic, you find someone that does. And you can say, hey, I just don't know, but I will find somebody. That's when you know you you really are becoming an expert at something. I appreciate that. And again, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. That's it. My name is Callie Keene, and this has been End Hype.